When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. At Dan Grosser is where you can get me on the old Twitter. Jets with a big one this week against the Denver Broncos. Giants just trying to, well, survive, right? I mean, no other way to say it. Giants just trying to go out there and put a respectable product on the field against a way more talented, way more high-octane Miami Dolphins football team, which they will see coming up on Sunday down in South Beach. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Let us say hi to Eric in Rockland, who is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Eric, how are you? Hey, hey, Dan, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Eric, you know Listen. what? Thanks for making the damn call. How about that? <laughs> okay, good enough. Thank you. Hey, Dan, listen, I was listening to you. You make a lot of valid points. And what I wanted to tell you was that, for one, I went to the first game over when, when they played the Cowboys. Yeah. And the sideline was in a total disarray. No one knew what to do. They had 12 men on the field. The, the rotation wasn't right. I think the game plan was wrong. That's one. That has to do with coaching. Number two, special teams. What is McCullough? I, I think his name is. What was he doing? He had no idea what was going on. Okay. I didn't. Breeder, they didn't, they didn't give him the ball. They, they didn't let him run the ball. Why are we not just opening up this offense? Everything is telegraphed. And I feel bad for Daniel Jones because they keep blaming him, and it's not totally his fault. And also, lastly, as far as the offensive line and, and everybody talking about Evan Neal, listen, that's done and gone. He said what he said. It was out of frustration. He apologized. Let's move on. But I find that no one is doing that. But like you said, listen, it is what it is. But my question to you is will Brian DeBow be there after next year, or was this just a fluke? Because he is a good defensive or op- offensive coordinator, but is he a good head coach? Well, I mean, thank after you. next year, I mean, Eric, I can't answer that question yet, and I thank you for the phone call. Um, things would have to go completely off the rails for him not to be back as the head coach next season. See, a lot of people, and maybe this is still like just battle fatigue, the Giant fans are feeling this already because they witnessed it not too long ago. Like already because this season has started off poorly for them that they're just trying to associate Brian Dayball as being the next Ben McAdoo. That McAdoo, remember, made the playoffs his first season. Had as much success as Brian Dayball had. But then year number two, it was a disaster. And Brian, uh, excuse me, Ben McAdoo didn't even make it through year number two. And remember, you had the whole Eli Manning controversy where he ended his consecutive start streak and put Geno Smith in there, and then things just completely went off the rails. There were a lot of problems with that giant team. I don't think it's ever going to get that bad this year. I don't. I don't. I still believe in Dayball. I still believe in Joe Shane. And I believe that the Giants are in good hands. Now, look, they're going to have to start going out there and producing, but... There were a lot of people in the offseason that predicted the Giants to not even be a playoff team this year, that they would take a step back, that last year they maybe played above their skis a little bit, that they were aided by that conducive schedule. And this year the schedule was more difficult. Certainly out of the gates it was, right? 
Because on paper, they're a better football team than they were last year. I don't think they lost anybody of consequence. I mean, you know, you lost Julian Love. Okay, but think about who he added to this team. Darren Waller should be the biggest acquisition, and yet he hasn't really got going yet. Why? For a variety of reasons with the offense. But one of the things that Eric talked about, too, you want to say disarray and, you know, the things that I bring up about the Giants all the time. And, you know, what? to be fair, I think you can throw the Jets into this category a little bit. The Giants have sleepwalked through the first half of these games so far in the first four weeks. They've been outscored 77 to 9. 77 to 9. The Jets, meantime, while not as bad as the Giants in that department, do you realize Jets have been slow starters in the first quarter of games this year? They've been outscored 30 to nothing. They haven't scored a point in the first quarter. So if you're always playing from behind, I don't think either one of these teams are constructed, certainly not the Giants, to be one of these high-octane explosive offenses to where you're going to be able to erase any type of deficit that you find yourselves in. I mean, the Jets last week went up against the Super Bowl champs, and they dug themselves a 17-0 hole, came all the way back to tie it, but yet still couldn't get over that hump. You're playing with fire. I don't care who you're going up against. Giants were lucky to do it because they were playing the crummy Cardinals. And if not, they'd be 0-4. Think about that. 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Artie in Brooklyn, up next here on 98.7. Hello, Art. How are you? Hey, Dan, this game scares the heck out of me. It should. I don't want the Jets to be looking at the 70 points that Miami scored and think they're going to go in there. They're not. That's not, The Jets are Denver. They just, I mean, that's why it's such a, a, the spread is like that. Now, do I think they have a chance. Of course, I think they have a chance. And do I expect them to win? I expect them to win. But they got to play a good game. They, 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 they just have no way could they walk into any team and say, we got this. You got to play a good game. And the thing is, based to build on Wilson's uh, stats, what scares me is that if you look at last year's numbers, mm-hmm. even though we beat them, first of all, Wilson didn't play last, last year against us. And the other thing is, if you look at the yardage, they ran the ball on us, okay? And they threw the ball on us. They have, like, close to 300-something yards, total yardage. They just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. We have a great defense as far as, like, letting them, um, you know, bend and not break type yeah. thing. But we don't have that offense where, you know, you get five field goals, we, we lose. You know what I'm saying? So... I, we need this game. That's all I got to say. Because if we lose this game, I'm sorry, Dan. I mean, it's it's. I don't want anyone to think about it. But I'll no, you gotta talking about this. I'll be yeah. cool talking about the draft. That's gonna suck. Yeah, and we you can't know? do that in October, Art. We can't, yeah. right? No, and I, I know. And I and I thank you for the phone call. Look, I think the Jets should be able to get the running game going this week. Denver's Denver's defense is terrible. They can't stop the run either. It all falls in line with it. All right, they cannot stop the run. If Reese Hall is no longer on any sort of carries restriction, feed him the rock. Dalvin Cook is supposedly another week stronger, another week more in rhythm. He's got his legs underneath him a little bit. Feed him the rock. Okay? I like this offensive line. I know, I know it's only been a couple of games, but I think all five guys are – well, at least the ones that got moved around a little bit. You know, Tomlinson is where he is. McGovern's where he is. I think Becton is starting to settle in at left tackle. I think AVT, you could blindfold him and play him anywhere. He's going to do a great job because he's AVT. Okay? Joe Tippman 
How about the rookie Joe Tipman? Guy never freaking played guard before. He hasn't given up any pressures at all in two games, and this is the NFL. First two times he's ever played the position. National Football League. He's been very, very good. So I like this group. I want to see them for another week here, and maybe that'll just continue to benefit this offense moving forward. Let's say hi to Jose and Baldwin up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Jose? How are you? How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, before I get to my question, I just wanted to, to give a comment. Um, my, when my wife got us tickets to our first Giants game, the last yeah. year Eli played, they mm-hmm. were horrible. Yeah. Now, the amount of fans who stayed after the game and waited for them to come out of the stadium to get an autograph, mm-hmm. mostly kids, those are the fans you want to play for because they look up to you. So if you focus on them, maybe you'll play better and they will love you. That's for Evan Neal. Now, my question is, only the Carolina Panthers have a worse record than the Giants right now. Since they picked up a quarterback last year in the draft, are the Giants a lock for Caleb Williams? I don't know if they're a lock yet. You know, I, I, I don't know if you're a lock yet because I also don't think in this situation that you could sit there and say that there's no hope in turning it around. Now, I know that it looks pretty daunting. The next two games are difficult. But I don't think if you're a fan, I mean, look, it's the 6th of October. Do we really want to sit here and, and look ahead to Tankathon and look at the draft and monitor where you're going to be picking? I, I just think that's way too premature. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You, you got a point there. Now, look, Jose, uh, you know, I'll, Jose, I'll tell you this. If things don't turn around, well, then we're going to have to really start having some adult conversations probably in another month or so because this is probably going to be a pretty decent quarterback draft. And if things they still continue to struggle, you know as well as I do that they will definitely be bringing in another quarterback to compete for the starting job next year. And, oh, by the way, it might be somebody that they think could be their guy for years and years to come. Yeah, and if he plays behind, if, if he learns the system, if they sit him for a year, just learn the system behind Daniel Jones, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be a better pickup for them if they do that. That might, that might be it. That might be it. And, Jose, thanks a lot for the phone call, right? I mean, because Daniel Jones is going to be here next year, right? The way the contract is structured, essentially two years, and then the Giants can get out from it without any sort of punitive damage when it comes to the salary cap ramifications. But you best believe if they don't turn it around, they're going to go hunting for a quarterback in the draft. Whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Drake May, whether it's anybody you want to throw out there, right? But also, we don't know which guys are going to be entering the draft, even even Caleb Williams. Because he's not doing too bad in college. In this NIL world that we live in right now, they're making a good couple of bucks. So he might just decide, you know what, stay in college embrace Southern Cal's move to the Big Ten, make a nice earning off the field, enjoy living the college life and everything that comes along with that, and then maybe you wait a year or so before you want to then have to grow up and enter the real world, even though you're a professional football player. You never know. That could also just be posturing when you hear all that stuff coming out right now. 800-919-3776. More of your football calls. It is a football Friday. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show.
on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yen. Take a step back and just look at the NFC as it's presently constituted. Okay, if you want to say, well, can the Giants get back in this thing? Is there a way that the Giants can maybe just maybe hang around the wild card race at any given time? Okay. Philadelphia is a playoff team, right? Dallas is a playoff team. All right, so let's just say that's one wild card right there. It's going to be either one of those two teams. That's one playoff spot. NFC North right now, I think the Lions have proven themselves to be the best team. I mean, hell, you go into Lambeau Field, you beat the Packers, you deserve that distinction. Minnesota and Chicago – Certainly you're not. Green Bay, I mean, I think Green Bay is good enough to hang around, but now you find out that they lost David Bakhtiari for the season. He's going to have leg surgery, their left tackle, even though they've kind of been without him anyways. So I think the Packers could be a team that hangs around throughout this process. NFC South, I still believe, is a one-team division as far as the playoffs are concerned, whoever that's going to be. It's either going to be Tampa or New Orleans. Um Atlanta doesn't have the right stuff. I mean, Carolina's rebuilding. So it's going to be either one of those two teams. And the NFC West, Niners are, of course, the cream of the crop. Seattle, with that win over the Giants, showed that, you know what? you got to at least take them more seriously than New York at this point. And then I think that the eye-opener is the Rams. I didn't expect the Rams to be this good. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this up over the course of 17 games. But they're well-coached. You know, they've stumbled on Puka Nakua. They um. Stumbled on the running back as well in Williams. 
They just find ways to, you know, get good talent into that program. Even if they are changing things over a little bit and having to deal with some salary cap problems. So right there, if you look at the real estate in the NFC, I mean, there are a few other teams right now that deserve certainly stronger consideration for any sort of playoff type stuff than the Giants do. Now, in another four weeks, is it going to look differently? Yeah, probably. You know, there's still plenty of time to get yourself back into this thing. you got 13 more games of the season. But what have you seen, if you're a Giant fan, that would give you confidence that they're going to turn this thing around? Right? The Jets have at least shown you glimpses, signs that maybe they're not far off and maybe they're close to figuring this thing out life after Aaron Rodgers. Hey, little spoiler alert, by the way. All right? You'll hear the interview on Sunday. Well, Giant fans won't hear it because they're going to be watching their team getting boat raced by the Dolphins. But Jet fans will be listening to the pregame show on Sunday. And my one-on-one with Elijah Vera Tucker, he even admitted that, you know what? It probably took him a couple of weeks collectively as a team just to get over the state of shock of losing Aaron Rodgers. Right? You spend five, six months your entire offseason with this one guy, especially if you're on offense. And then to not have him... And then to realize that you're not going to have him for the rest of the season, that is a cold, hard dose of reality that just hits you right in the face. And you can say, oh, uh, you know what, next man up, next play up, whatever, you just got to go out. Well, they're human beings, right? They're human beings. I'm sure that that was a big loss that you felt. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was like the face of that franchise in only a short amount of time. And he was an incredible voice in that locker room and in that huddle, certainly on offense. So... Yeah, I thought that that was pretty telling. And now maybe, just maybe, they're starting to come out of this thing a little bit, and it was reflected on the field Sunday night against Kansas City. And we'll see if that is indeed true when they go into Denver coming up on Sunday. Let's say hi to David in the car, who is up next on 98.7 ESPN. David, how are you? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. You know, I want to give you a perspective that I have on the Giants. It's very harsh but I think it's very realistic. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone paid enough respect last year to the fact that the Giants really, it was like beyond a fluke. It was like a super fluke. But I congratulate them for making the playoffs. But let's look at the team right now. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about the O-line. You can go to every team in the NFL. Some of your best teams have guys who are out for the season. Seahawks actually had three starters out. One guy got hurt during the game. Mm -hmm. So we can't really make excuses even though they've invested. Daniel Jones, you tell me, uh, but I get off the call, I just want to hear your opinion about this. When Mm -hmm. I watch mobile quarterbacks, the guy in Philly hurts. When I look at the Ravens, even when Kyler Murray's healthy, I look at a lot of these mobile quarterbacks. They juke, they improvise as the play is evolving. Daniel Jones needs to have almost like real estate in front of him, like a lane designed for him, for him to break a big one or make a play that has an impact. And as for the free agents who came in for the Giants, if forget, let's just say you don't even have Barkley, right? Let's say mm-hmm. you don't have Barkley because he's probably won't be here next year. You look at all the talent that they put around Daniel Jones, and I'm looking at the Giants organization, and I'm like, you added all these people. Why hasn't the coaching staff evolved a set? 
a scheme to utilize the speed of Robinson, to utilize the speed of that receiver from, I believe it's from Texas, to utilize even Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt. When you look at the Giants teams, they, no one's double-teaming these guys. No one's getting double-teamed on the Giants. So I just think they're in trouble, and this is actually the true rebuild year. Let me know what you think. Uh, Dan, you're not – or, I mean, excuse me, Dave, you're not wrong. You're not wrong when you said this is the rebuild year. You're not. Now, a couple of things there, because you hit on a couple of points. Number one, as far as – the way Daniel Jones utilizes his athleticism running with the football. You mentioned a couple of other names. You mentioned Lamar Jackson and, and Jalen Hurts and even Kyler Murray. Daniel Jones is bigger than all those guys. You know, if you want the comp for Daniel Jones, the way he runs with the football is Josh Allen. And it's a coincidence, yeah, because Brian Dayball came from Buffalo where he coached Josh Allen. But both of those dudes are like 6'5", 225. You know, the other quarterback, I mean, Kyler Murray's like 5'5". Lamar Jackson ain't 6'5", and Jalen Hurts ain't 6'5". So they're just bigger quarterbacks, and that's why it's not necessarily like getting them up and into space. They're content with almost just like running through guys instead of running around guys. Now, I don't necessarily think that that's beneficial for their long-term success of just being able to remain in the National Football League a long time, you know, as a a quarterback because you're going to be susceptible to taking some hits. But as far as, you know, the offense and what you're seeing right now and why guys aren't open and why they're not designing plays, well, it's more complicated than that. It's not like they're not calling those plays and that they wouldn't like to take shots down the field. If you're an opposing defense right now, Giants are easy to scheme against, aren't they? Because what do they do well? Number one, they don't protect the passer well. Okay? Number two. Giants are usually playing from behind, which then takes us back to problem number one, that when you're playing from behind, you're going to be throwing the football a lot, which means teams can just pin their ears back and go after the quarterback like you saw on Monday night. The running game has been very up and down so far this year. Now, Saquon's availability has had something to do with that, sure. So if there's no threat of a running game, And certainly then, you're not really necessarily up late at night worrying about the passing game hurting you. That doesn't sound like a very complicated scheme to kind of guard against, does it? Right? Because I still think at the end of the day, teams are going to look at Saquon Barkley and say, that's the guy we have to slow down. So you stick an extra guy in the box, and then you dare the quarterback to beat you up over the top. Now, the problem is with the Giants is that their number one playmaker, at least in the passing game, is a tight end they acquired here in the offseason. He has not gotten going yet, has he? Darren Waller, through four games, has averaged about three catches a game and about 40 yards, and he has yet to score a touchdown. Now, if I would have told you before the season that would be Darren Waller in the first four weeks, you would have thought the Giants were maybe 0-4. I thought this guy was going to have a huge huge season but the big general theme again about this football team yes they played above their heads last year and there were a lot of guys you want to go back to even in this town remember when Eric Mangini took over the Jets and I bring up Eric Mangini because Brian Dayball was actually on Mangini's staff when Brett Favre was a Jet Dayball was the quarterback coach in 2008 Eric Mangini took over in 2006. His first year, they won 10 games. And they didn't have a hell of a lot of talent. I even used that as a comp last year 
for that Giants team as they were going through that season. They didn't have a lot of talent on that club, but they were well coached. The schedule was not that difficult that season. They beat the teams they were supposed to beat. And when generally when they went up against different competition, they got exposed. But they made the playoffs. And then unfortunately for them, they got matched up with the Patriots of the first round and they lost the wild card game up in Foxborough. Then the next year in 2007, they came back for year number two of that regime. And they were 4-12. and They took a step back. They took a couple of steps back. Yeah, the quarterback got hurt, but there were a lot of other problems with that team. And that was one that even had Darrell Revis. That was his rookie year before they got things rolling again in year three. So there are a lot of clubs that when a coach takes over, they have this immediate success, but then reality sets in in year number two. And all throughout the summer, I actually was complimentary to the Giants, the staff, the front office, how they went about their approach going into this season. Like they weren't fooled at all by what they accomplished last year. Like they didn't have this false sense of security where they said, oh man, we made the playoffs. We made it to the second round. We are one of the top four teams in the NFC. We got to go out there and make a big splashy move because we think we're this close to winning a Super Bowl. Whereas you knew and I knew and everybody else that watched the damn games knew that even though they were one of the final four, they weren't a Super Bowl contender, not even close. So the Giants didn't cheat the process, if I could borrow a Philadelphia term, right? They stayed true to what they were trying to build. The same map, the same outline, the same plan that Joe Shane put up in his office when he and Brian Dayball took over a couple of years ago about how we're going to build this thing step by step. I guarantee you, they didn't say, you're number one, we got to win a playoff game. Nope. I guarantee you that they said, you're number two, we got to be a Super Bowl contender. Nope. But I guarantee you, year number three, that's when they thought that they would be a legitimate playoff caliber club going into the season. Like, we don't need any breaks. If we just line up and do what we're supposed to do, we should have enough of a talent base in, in place to where we are a legit playoff team. But we're not at year three yet. And there might be some bumps along the way just getting to that point. But I don't see why that's so, like, unheard of, right? I think if you're a fan, you had to maybe expect that this team would take a step back. Now, I don't know if we envision the manner in which they've lost these games this year and all the other stuff that's happened, but this is the reality, right? This is where we are. Remember, this is, this is year number three right now for the Jets with Rob Sala and Joe Douglas. And this year, they thought they could go for it because that's why they went out and got Aaron Rodgers. You go ahead and get Aaron Rodgers because you think you could win. He's the missing piece, the final piece. And then the football gods wanted to play a joke on him four plays into the season. And the football gods have been playing a joke on him for 55 years. And you know what? It's not funny anymore. It's not. 800-919-3776. Dan Gross' show. It's a football Friday, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's talk a little Jets football. They take on the Broncos coming up on Sunday out in Denver. And, you know, the whole thing with the Giants, too, if you're thinking about this offense trying to get on track and how can the quarterback be assisted and find ways to make him more productive, well, you're looking at a walking mash unit again for this offensive line. No Andrew Thomas, no Shane Lemieux, no John Michael Schmitz, all ruled out of this game on Sunday. So your offensive line is going to look like this for the Giants from left to right. Josh Azudu. Mark Lewinsky, like, like they tried to like sign people off the street, literally to play in front of Mark Lewinsky. But they were like, well, we, we can't. We, the other guy had a commitment. He had like a kid's birthday party on Sunday. So we couldn't show up and play. He couldn't make it to Miami in time. So they had to play Lewinsky at left guard. They'll look for any other alternative but him. Uh, ben Bredesen is going to slide over and play center, which is what he did the other night when Schmitz got hurt. And then he got McKeithen at right guard, the uh, second year player and Evan Neal at right tackle. I'll tell you. I don't even want to imagine what this station, what this program is going to be like on Monday from the Giant fan if they go out there and get smoked by the Dolphins and Evan Neal gives up like three sacks alone. Oh, boy. That is going to be open season. Let us say hi to Tommy, who is calling from New Hyde Park. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Tom? Um, I love talking to you, Dan, and uh, I got to ask you about the Jets. What do you think about them beating uh, Denver? I want to ask about the mess with the bull crap with this injury report, which I don't get. Uh, look, it's a winnable game for the Jets. They should go out to Denver, and they should take care of business, if you ask me. But you can't just show up and expect to beat anybody because you haven't earned that right yet. You know that the Broncos now feel a little bit of confidence because they finally won a game last week. They're back home in front of their fans. And you know what? Their coach did a lot of uh, talking in the summertime, and I'm sure that the players on that team want to go out there and at least support him a little bit and try not to make him look like a fool anymore. Yeah. What's the deal with the mess with this um, injured players and bull bull BS? 
What yeah. is that about? Well, so apparently there's an investigation going on into the Mets where somebody, we don't know who it is, but what if it was Mr. Met, the mascot? How about that? What if Mr. Met? We had clipped that one. Yeah. Mr. Met in his downtime, you know, he went over into the cafeteria and just started writing a letter when the season was over. Dear Major League yeah. Baseball and Commissioner Rob Manford, I want to tell you about All a bunch of things ball. that yeah. are bothering me about this team. And then he's going to tell you about the IL manipulation from Billy Epler, all the other things that are going on behind the scenes when aren't up to code. You know, they got a leaky toilet in the player's uh, bathroom that he's going to report. And so, yeah, who knows? You know, we'll see what the investigation turns up. But if you ask me, Tom, I just (laughs) think now, with everything that's come to light, there ain't no way that Billy Epler stepped down simply because they were manipulating the injured list, which is something that all 32 or, oh yeah, all uh, 30 teams do in Major League Baseball. I agree with you with that. Thanks for making me laugh. And uh, I think it's just stupid, actually. Um, can I answer? Um, I'm still in a knockout pool. I'm thinking about taking Detroit. What do you think? I think if you ask me this week, here's your two safe picks. Detroit, Miami. Yeah, that's what I thought. Go with Detroit. Throw caution into the wind. Go Detroit. That's what I'm waiting for. Anyway. You know, I, look, if the Lions are actually going to finally live up to the hype, which they don't get a lot of hype over the course of their right. history, right? You got to beat the winless Panthers at home. You should take care of business. Right. Then so go always, Detroit. Yeah. I want to ask about the Dallas 49 game. Um, mm-hmm. That's an interesting game. Um, I would say so. Uh, what do you think on that one? I think you got to go with the home team, but I do well, think that Dallas just, will make it interesting. What's it, minus two and a half? I don't know what the line is off the top of my head. Um, let me it look it up two here. And a half. Dallas gets two and a half, I think. Well, I'd stay. I, me personally, I would stay away from it because I think that both of these teams obviously are very, very good. Um, yeah, I would pick it in a knockout pool, yeah. No, you stay away from them in the knockout pool. Uh, wait, Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday night. Standby. That is, I got San Francisco minus four right now. No way. Yeah, no, that's what I, I see. Dallas was. No, Dallas Julian. Was, what do you, Julian? What do you got? What's the latest you got there with with San Francisco and Dallas? Let me do some research first. <laughs> yeah, Julian's going to call up his uh, buddy in Vegas. And he's <laughs> Thank gonna, you. Uh, get yeah, to the bottom people. of that. Well, that's what Julian's here for. Julian knows people, so that's why uh, that's why he's here. Second to none. All right, Tom, listen, we got to go, but thanks for checking in. Enjoy the games, all right, buddy? There's our pal Tommy in uh, New Hyde Park. That's going to be a good game. Um, see, the crummy part about it is, and I'll DVR it, of course, but that's why I hate 4 o'clock games, you know, when it's the Jets, because game's not going to end until about 7.30. Then we got to do our post-game show, and we're going to be on the air till about, you know, roughly, you know, in the 930 neighborhood, which means that's the first half of the Sunday night game. And you can't sit there and watch a football game when you're locked in and doing the post-game show. So you could kiss the first half goodbye. Then I got to dart over on Sunday night. I'm doing sports final on NBC. So then I got to go over to 30 Rock and, you know, do that. I'm, I'm hardly going to see any of that Sunday night game live. Like, I'll maybe listen to the fourth quarter while I'm driving home. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, that's going to be a great game, and I do think the Niners will find a way. And I know that, you know, the Cowboys have a chip on their shoulder because that's the one team they can't seem to solve, whether it's the postseason, the regular season, it doesn't matter. And Dak, it's funny, the Cowboys beat the Patriots last week by what, like 40? 
And five minutes after the game, Dak is doing his post-game press conference, and you would think that they're all just basking in the win, and yet some member of the media there asked him about the 49ers and what was the feeling like walking off that field last year when they lost to the 49ers in the playoffs. And, like, that annoyed Dak, which, you know, I don't know if that's a question you ask five minutes after the game is over, the previous game. You know, that's maybe like a Monday or a Tuesday, even a Wednesday question, looking ahead to the next game. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's say hi to Griffin in Connecticut. He is up next here on 98.7. Griff, how we doing? We're doing good, Dan. How are you? I'm outstanding. So what are the weekend plans? What do we have in store? Anything good? Um, we're going to watch college football. Okay. Get uh, the college football show. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to sit back and hopefully watch my LSU Tigers get a win. Well, we talked about that yesterday. Should be yeah. a good one. And then I'm going to take a look at Alabama and Texas A&M. Should be a good one. Anytime you talk about the SEC teams, you know that Jimbo and Saban don't like each other, right? That should be interesting. Now, what about, yep. what about your Saints on Sunday? Because I think everybody here in New York is going to be rooting like hell for your Saints because they want to see them beat the Patriots. Are you confident that they could go into Foxborough and win this game? Um, yes, I am. And the only reason I am is I'm not confident because of our offense. I'm confident because of our defense. I believe our defense will be good enough to get a couple mistakes on Mac Jones, force him into a couple picks, maybe take, maybe sack Mac Jones a lot. That offensive line for the Patriots is beat up. Our 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 D line we is very good. And I just think offensively, I think we'll do just enough. The Patriots have have two or three injuries that are huge on yep. the off, on the defensive side. So mm-hmm. I figure our offense will do just enough to win. I'm not. I'm looking at this being a low scoring game, but I just believe we'll be able to do enough to win. I don't know what the over-under is for that game, but right now I would be comfortable maybe betting under 35 for total points in that game. I think, I think you broke it down perfectly. I think you broke it down perfectly. I don't think that score gets over 35. I know. Because New England's offense is not that great. Neither is your offense. Plus, Derek Carr is playing with one arm. Um, yeah. But you got two decent defenses. But that I'm, gonna, I'm curious to see what happens with the Pats now moving forward because, as you said, Matt Judon, Christian Gonzalez, they're down for the count for the foreseeable future on that defense. Yeah. Those are the two best that's defensive they, players. That's why they went to get J.C. Jackson. Yep. How about that? Belichick, Belich- J.C. Jackson, who has, you know, has a big-time year for the Patriots, then he leaves <laughs> as a free agent and signs a ridiculously overpriced contract with the Chargers. After one year with the Chargers, they get tired of him. He underperforms. And they they I, trade him back to the Patriots for, like, nothing. Yeah, Bill won that one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What else, Griff? What do you got? I have a, another college one. As on the college thing, I've thought about this overnight. Um, I don't like Kentucky to win, but I like Kentucky to keep it close. That is minus got- 14. Georgia's minus. Georgia's a favorite, 14 and a half. I just don't know if Georgia, their run defense hasn't been good this year, so I think Kentucky's running attack will be able to keep it just enough, just close enough. Is that what it is, two touchdowns? And that game's in Athens, right? Yeah. I'll tell you, Mark Stoops in Kentucky, if he wants to. Now, look, everybody, you know, people in these schools, they come and they try to, like, poach these coaches. Mark Stoops might have as good a job 
at a Power 5 football school as you have in America? Because Mark Stoops is, remember, Kentucky is, has been, always will be a basketball school. And if you just do anything, anything above average football-wise, you're going to be a hero there. And he's actually turned them into a winning program. So he could be a god in Kentucky, and if he just (laughs) is accepting of being second fiddle to the basketball program and he's content with that, he could be there for life. And he gets paid a lot of money, too. And, and it just seems like they always have a running back. It just seems like they always have a good running back, too. Yeah, they got they got players. Griff, I got to run. I got to hit a break. And I don't want to put my audience to sleep with the college talk. But you get back to us, all right, buddy? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Apologies about the college football. I know that it's blasphemy here in New York, even though I love it. Uh, we take a quick timeout. Remember, Buttle, 8 o'clock. Talk a little Jets right here on 98.7 ESPN. What if it was Mr. Met, the mascot, going into this one Sunday against the Denver Broncos in that secondary because DJ Reed is not going to play. He hasn't cleared concussion protocol. Brandon Eccles, next man up, is out with a hamstring. So they haven't disclosed what the plan is going to be, and there's a couple of different ways that they can go. But you would think that naturally, if you just want to do a plug-and-play, Bryce Hall could get his number called here. And to get back in there and play one of these outside corner positions, because, look, you could kick Michael Carter outside, but he's primarily a slot guy. I don't know how comfortable he would be on having a shift out there. Um, You know, Bryce Hall's a guy who was a former starter for this team, right? He's part of that draft class in 2020. He started in um, the second half of 2020 when he was able to play after suffering that knee injury in college. And then 2021, he was pretty much their top cornerback in 2021. And then they went out and, of course, drafted Sauce Gardner and signed DJ Reed. And, you know, Bryce Hall kind of fell a little bit further down in the depth chart, and they held on to him for situations like this to where you never know when your number is going to be called. And what an opportunity for somebody like Bryce Hall who could go out there and, you know, put at least some good film on tape to where if his future is not going to be with the Jets, could be with another team in the NFL, and it shows you that he's always going to be ready to go out there and contribute. Now, it's obvious Denver, they got the worst defense in the NFL. They are getting Justin Simmons back, who's their uh, outstanding safety. So that should help things a little bit there. But the Jets got to start a little bit faster, too. You know, we, we alluded to it earlier in the show. They've been outscored 30 to nothing this year in the first quarter. 30 to nothing. Now, I know that 17 of those came in the one game last week against the Chiefs, but still, how about putting an opening drive together that results in points? How about taking the opening drive and marching it right down the field into the end zone, building off of what you did Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs? How about that? You know, the first four weeks of the season, the Jets played four of the top six defenses in the NFL, all good defenses, which just contributed to maybe the inconsistencies on the offensive side of the ball. Now, there's no excuse. Now you're playing a defense, which is not even close. They, they couldn't find the top six in the rankings if you gave them a GPS. That's how far down they are. They are putrid. Okay, this team's given up about 100 points the last two games. There's no excuse. There's no reason alive why the Jets shouldn't go in there and at least be able to produce offensively. Can't do it. Mark and Syosset up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Dan. How about yourself? Mark, we're doing outstanding. What is going on? Good, good to hear. Two, uh, just two points on the Titans. Uh, one about Sunday. The, Mike, Mike, as much of a concern as the offense is, and Daniel Jones and, and him looking over his shoulder in the huddle these days, my concern is the defense, and the defense is a blitzing defense. Wink Martindale's uh, defenses 
That's what they do. And if you're going to blitz, you better get to the quarterback. They haven't mm-hmm. been able to do that, not even close. And as a result, you're going to have you know, man-to-man coverage against that track meet of a team. And they're going to get their doors blown off unless they either change the style of defense they're playing or can get to the quarterback. That's my first point. My second point is more of a, a overall about the Giants. And I'm, I'm an old-school guy in football. in terms of football. I believe everything starts in the trenches. And they have yet to show this season a toughness on the offensive line or a toughness on the defensive line. And until they do, until they can win the battles in the trenches, which they're not doing, they're going to have this type of future this season. That's just how I see it. I don't disagree with anything you just said there, Mark. I really don't. And, and to make matters worse, you know, you bring up the blitzing. With, and, look, we know that that's Wink's M.O., and it was fine last year because they were winning games in the defense, even though they were undermanned a little bit. It was working. But they started to run into problems, especially at the corner position late in the season when they were pulling guys off the street because injuries had taken a toll. And now you look at what's happening. You know, Trey Hawkins was a great story all throughout training camp. He was a sixth-round pick. He had essentially won a starting job. You thought you had a little bit of a diamond in the rough. But now he struggled to the point where they benched him the other night. And Cordell yep. Flott was now in there. He's one of these guys who, you know, he's been around a couple of years, and they're trying to see if he's part of the solution. So the problem with blitzing is you're asking your corners to be out there on an island and to have to go one-on-one and hold down the fort themselves. And sometimes if guys aren't quite ready for the assignment yet, you start to see the results that the Giants have had, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's not even just the The fact is you're also going against the fastest receiver in the game who is a game-breaker every time he gets the ball in his hands. And when you have man coverage on him, good luck. It's not just him either, Mark, and I thank you for the phone call. I mean, every guy on that offense can fly. You know, yes, Hill's the fastest. Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert, the rookie that they got in the backfield, Devin Achain. You know, what do you hear about this guy and learn more about this guy? He, I mean, he, you know, he's not doing anything special. I think he's only averaging like 11 yards a carry, like some ridiculous number like that. And he's a scoring machine. But it all falls in line because this system right now is cooking. And Tua has a boatload of weapons and all he has to do is play pitch and catch. Tua holds, doesn't hold the ball long. He gets rid of it quickly. So all he's got to do is put the ball in his playmakers and then it's a track meet. Right? All you got to do is look out. You know, a funny story, too, about Raheem Mostert, who, before he went to Miami, remember, he was with the 49ers, and he was on those teams that, you know, the team that went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, and he kind of, that's where he kind of established himself in the NFL, and it led to a nice payday for him with the Dolphins. Many years ago, I don't know about many, many, but, you know, right around, like, maybe 2015-ish, maybe 16, I can't remember when it was, nobody knew who Raheem Mostert was. Right, he was a dude who bounced from like practice squad to practice squad to practice squad as he was trying to make it in the NFL. Back then, I was still doing my shows on Mad Dog on Sirius XM. Raheem Mostert would listen to the show, and he actually called into the show. Like I forgot like what football discussion we were having, you know, on any given day that it was, and he called in and said, "Oh yeah, I play football," you know, and, and I was like, well, "What's your name?" And I, and I, you know, at that time, nobody knew who he was. And I remember this is when he was like, you know, he said he was just with the Cleveland Browns and that was like his first shot or whatever. He played a few games for them. And it's so cool that all these years later, 
he has firmly established himself now as one of the best backs in the NFL. That was really, you know, <laughs> once upon a time, it's a guy who was a listener to the show, call into the show, and now he's a big superstar in the NFL. Uh, a guy who also was a big superstar in the NFL, a guy by the name of Greg Buttle. He's now my partner on Jets pre and post game here on 98.7. Boy, have the mighty have fallen, huh? Greg will join us next. Talk a little Jets Broncos football. Plus, we got NFL picks still to come. More of your calls as well. We'll break down second round of the MLB playoffs, too. A lot to pack into the next 60 minutes. Dan Gross' show, Football Friday, 98.7 ESPN.